Hello and welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine, and I am joined in the room by uh, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. It's good to see you, man. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, on the phone, we have Alex Schieferdecker in Philadelphia. Um, how are you, Alex? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, you know, we are both... Uh, we survived cold. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, we survived Saturday. That's the main, the main thing. Uh, I survived Saturday. <laughs> I kind of eventually just like slumped home. Uh, uh, you know so what tired, happened but... to me also? I had my first Heggie's this pizza this weekend. At the bar? No, not at the bar. Oh. I had one. Uh, well, how did it do? I, I, I like it. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Was it cut in squares like a proper Minnesotan pizza, even though I hate square cut pizza? No, it was cut in triangles because I cut it. Okay. But I have one of those like seesaw cutters, you know, like okay. the big ones. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So it was good. So can I, I get a it. quick recap of the of the bar opening, reopening? Yeah. Who won the charity bartending. Uh, charity bartending was uh, Mitra Jalali Nelson. She was uh, our council member. She um, uh, was raising money for um, uh, Like a Girl, the St. Paul charity, uh, um, or not charity, yeah, St. Paul organization that kind of gets more young women of color, uh, girls of color playing. And um, yeah, she was up against Tony Sane, uh, um, Pablo Campos, uh, and uh, and former, you know, former mayor uh, Chris Coleman. Yeah. He was obviously the Coleman was the best at uh, pouring beer. Uh, Mitra was pretty decent. Tony was terrible at it. I, I hate to say that, Tony. <laughs> uh, and Pablo was pretty decent as well. Um, it was very it was fun to chat with Pablo. Um, and yeah, and Doctor Bill showed up. I I didn't invite him because I. Kind of thought he'd be busy that day, but it was great to see him. And you know, we cut the ribbon. I and saw then, that, and, they, and then your kids were up on the yeah Monterey stage next to you. Yeah, yeah, cool. they kind of uh, yeah. So it was well, a really fun day. And can, then can we can we give you a round of applause? Then oh for, sure, for, thank yeah, you. Like, yeah, I don't hear you applauding, Alex. Yeah. Oh my god. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so he doesn't agree yeah, so with you applauding. It was like I was there like from seven a.m. on, and then finally when the game happened. It was just it was like pandemonium. Yeah, it was sh- like literally every inch was covered with humans, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> the beer line like started yeah. at the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it and people people seem, were pretty well mannered. Yeah, there. they seemed to be very understanding that it was just like, "Oh, okay, all right, we're here's you know, and we've gotten a, good, a couple good suggestions and come up with a, a, a plan." I think that next were, were you Saturday were we'll, you surprised at the men's turnout? At the bar, Were you I knew that, that it would be a zoo, but okay. I don't. I don't think I fully imagined what that zoo could look like. Um, and it, yeah, it was. It was just like holy shit. And just thinking about ways that we could plan it, like okay, you know, we could get more people if we had planned it this way, et cetera. And and just getting people like drinks faster. So yeah, no, um, I, I wanted to congratulate you on the fact that you had uh, the U.S. Women's She Believes Cup game. Pretty much up to like five minutes before the game started, the United game started at the, at the back room. So that was kind of cool because I was coming to watch from watching that game, and I was, yeah, so it was nice. But I I had to park like two or three blocks away. Yeah, and park in the Walmart across the street. I know, but and then you and then you cross at the light rail because yeah, there's a. But I, a I parked crosswalk. literally. Yeah, it wasn't that yeah. far. It wasn't that bad. A lot of people but, were doing the same thing. Yeah, so. but it, I mean, yeah, it was a crazy day, and then it was like you know. Kind of thankfully, half half the people left after that because then we could like clean up and reset. Because then there was a drag show that night and karaoke in the back, and it was a lot of fun. But by the end of the night, I tried to sing some Marvin Gaye um, as my going away, and I just like was dying. So uh, <laughs> halfway through the song, I was like, "Can I just go to sleep right on this stage here?" But um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It was great, and I, I really appreciated seeing so many people and. People were very cool, and um, and I appreciate their patience. So, yeah, so that's me. Um, but on this podcast, we're we've got like a lot of we've got some now that MLS is back. We've got Champions League, all these things. She believes Cup. We'll do a little bit of a whip round when we come around, come back, um, and then we you know we've got the first game of the season. Minnesota United won three points. So let's listen to big quarters and come back. All right, back on the fifty five one podcast. Uh we let's start with this little like uh global whip around here. Um right now, I, as we record on a Tuesday night, uh the She Believes Cup 
is uh, is finishing up. Uh, the the U.S. women last I saw were were beating um, Brazil, but England won. Uh, did you catch much of this, Rodrigo? Yeah, I. Anything? Any like lessons you want to learn? I mean, now that we're like three months from the the World Cup. Um, I thought mostly that England's defense was like specifically suspect, at least to me, it was it was a weak point. But so was the uh, United States as well, too. I think that was just a lot of, I don't know if it was just miscommunication or just not understanding each other well or don't know the reason was, but it just yeah. wasn't tactically or technically sound in the back. This is England or? or this is yeah. the United States. The United yeah, States, yeah. right? But they, but I mean, they, their offense is like nonstop, like created so many opportunities. Tobin Heath. You know, best player in that team at the yeah. moment um, had some really good setups and score the hopefully winning goal is uh, for this game as we are recording. Hopefully, don't know if they they've won yet or what the final is on that one. But um, overall, I mean, I'm just mostly concerned just about that defense, and then hopefully uh, in France they're able to figure that out and be able to be able to work that work that out and just be able to be more solid back there. A lot of bad clears that reminded you of, um, you know, Ibsen clears to, yeah. <laughs> to the opposing attacker. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you, and then you, you know, you get a shot on goal or two. So uh, England look on top. It just looks, looks solid, you okay. know. I always am a fan of Japan, the way the style, the play, uh, how they are very technical and um, seem like a very good counterattack team. Uh, the United States did it did did a decent job, um, which I think you know two two ties and hopefully a win is 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 not bad, but it's not what we're used to. So yeah. hopefully there's more to desire, and hopefully there's enough time to be able to do some more things before France. So um, today in the Champions League, uh, um, Alex, I, I I know that you were very entertained by the uh, the surprise win. I think for most people of Ajax over Real Madrid. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw it to you because you're you're the Dutchman of of the podcast. Well, I so I was at work, so I I didn't watch. I was getting updates, and then I came back home and immediately uh, watched the highlights because a just hilarious. B, I don't know. I think I think that when Dutch, I think that if you take every nationality's sort of signature brand of soccer and you execute it to perfection, I think that the Dutch have easily the most entertaining. I think it's probably Dutch, you know, Netherlands versus Brazil for it's, most entertaining. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it's a good thing that there. Eric isn't on the podcast. He would yeah, be like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I took this opportunity. I, I just thought, and, <laughs> and you know, Ajax obviously are, are sort of the most famous, the quintessential Dutch team. Um, they have this just really exciting young team. It's very reminiscent of Monaco, uh, you know, a couple Champions Leagues ago. Obviously, just like Monaco, then they're going to get stripped of all this young talent uh, in the offseason. Um, you know, De Jong is already headed to, to Barcelona, and we know that. So, you know, it's you just hope that this this group of Ajax players, which has some old standbys like Lasashona and uh, and uh, Tadic, like you, you hope that they can really accomplish something and make a great run in this Champions League, make a memorable run because. Uh, teams like this don't last. Well, ta- um, ta- they're fun. Tadic had that amazing uh, spin move. I mean, it was a, a FIFA yeah. move uh, around around his defender. Um, and Lasashona scored yeah. an unbelievable free kick and made yeah. me wonder what had happened if Minnesota had thrown a ton of money at him two years ago because he was like top of my list for DPs I wanted us to get. Yep. Manny doesn't return your texts anymore. No, um, he doesn't. So let's. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was I was at work too, but thankfully the work was the bar, so I, I had that on. <laughs> we and, and I was watching with a few people, and we had the Spurs Dortmund game on, and I, I kept on saying like, you know, we could turn it to, you know, we that was the one with the the big screen, and, and so instead I was like, we we could put the, you know, we could put this on the big screen, but. Uh, um, oh, MLS, uh, to, to, to move on to MLS, uh, um, roundup, uh, the, to, I guess one of the most interesting games, uh, was the Seattle beatdown of, uh, FC Cincinnati, but Cincinnati scored first. They got off the, the, the break with, uh, that, that was that a great goal, long distance goal in like mm-hmm. the 13th minute. Um, and then it just went downhill from there. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch all of this game, but, uh, boy, does Cincinnati look 
like they're bad at defending, which, uh, you know, who would, would, what story does that remind you of? Yeah, a little bit of deja vu there uh, for, for Minnesota fans. I, I think, I mean, I think that people have been making Minnesota to Cincinnati comparisons all offseason, and uh, they sure weren't disproved in week one. Um, that's, uh, it was a, it was a early, it was a Minnesota 2017-esque uh, play from Cincinnati in that game, unfortunately. Yeah, well, um, Jordan Morris coming back from an ACL injury to score two. Wins uh, player of the week, which is a little, I mean, considering that one of his goals was like not a goal, fell, it right? should have been an own goal, because <laughs> it was not going in on goal. when He's like, he shoots and he falls at silly. the same time or slips. Yeah. But the second one was a beauty, though. So, yeah, the second one was great, and so and and good for. I mean, the guy's good. coming back off an injury. Yeah, it's, it's a good comeback good story. I'm, so. I'm hopeful that he'll be able to do yeah. something. But you know, I'm MLS always biased to uh, the the Rui Diaz uh, Golden yeah. Boot watch that I'm that I'm going to start. And he yeah. scored as well. The too, surest so. thing in MLS this year is that Jordan Morris will win the Comeback Player of the Year award. Yeah, yeah. You could have so. you could have bet you could have bet the bar on that before the season even began because everyone was like. Like waiting for it to happen, and I think I mean it's silly. It, it was he was trying to cross the ball and it bounced in. That's we 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 don't need to. I don't. I, th- I think he's going to have a good season. We don't need to give him that help. <laughs> no, if I would have bet the bar, then suddenly Demidov would have signed for <laughs> would have signed for Atlanta, right? And then uh, one comeback player of the year, and then uh, and then I'd lose the bar, and, and Demidov would be anyway. Um, yeah, the the other game, and I don't know if you guys caught any of the the Colorado Portland match. Oh, the coldest three three coldest game. Yeah, coldest it was only game. one degree colder than. Uh, than we than, were, right? Yeah, we were. But um, it was a... They brought back I mean, the orange ball. Yep. You had a you had a red card in the first 15, 20 minutes or something like that. You know, six goals. You had a, a saved uh, PK that then, you know, was was converted after that or put in after that. Um, it, I mean, it was not soccer in the least, but like the, uh, the snowball in Minnesota against Atlanta... It was such a blast to watch because it was just so. It was just so terrible. crazy. Just, like, yeah. like they had leaf blowers out to put up the lines, yep. and I was like, "Wow, where have we seen this before?" Yep, right? Exactly. And like, wow. I was like, "Yeah," and it just always seems to be something about that stadium, right? Didn't they have they had the, other the games? Costa Rica yeah. match? Was, yeah, the Costa uh, was Rica the match was on one, that yeah. stadium. So I was like, "I was like, there's something about that stadium and snow." Well, and something and, about Colorado weather in the spring, yeah. I think. But I'm, I'm I was amazed that uh, that Timmy Howard played the whole game with uh, no like just put a stocking cap on that guy man <laughs> he's gonna have a pneumonia for the rest of the season um, and then uh, you know to to just finish off the the MLS uh, and and soccer roundup you had the the NYCFC uh, um, story about kind of the the right wing uh, um, alt right Nazis. Uh, uh, who kind of are also NYCFC fans? Uh, Alex, did, did you read this story? Do you, do you want to give? Yeah, us Yeah, well, the I mean, summary? so the the story is, and it's this. You know, we can't really dance around it. I mean, the neo Nazis. There's, you know, a dude with, uh, the, the on his like uh, Instagram profile picture uh, has the uh, the the motto that was on the gates at Auschwitz. You know, work, yeah. like work sets you free. I mean, so in the original German, right? So. There's no, there's no confusion about these guys. But the but the story basically got new life because um, John Tannenwald asked Don Garber, um, you know, uh, <laughs> what are you going to do about all these uh, Nazis? And and he gave an answer that was very, um, I, I, I guess I'm sympathetic to him a little bit because I, I'm not quite. He gave an answer that made me think that he hadn't really looked into the issue. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's nothing, you know, I'm glad John Tannenwald asked the question, but he gave an answer that was basically like, uh, you know, we can't do anything about anything that happens outside of our stadium. And if people, you know, misbehave, I think he said misbehave in the stadium, then, then we'll take action. And it was just sort of, it wasn't wrong per se, but it was a tone deaf answer, right? And no, no one wants MLS to be stalking people's instagram feeds and you know determining which fans have like you know the acceptable opinion about marginal tax rates like that's not (laughs) no one wants that you know people i mean i do i do (laughs) 
But we're not people, supposed well, to be doing that. I don't I know. That MLS is run by billionaires. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not maybe sure not. Yeah. Um, it's 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 that there's like a very long history of of fascism, neo-fascists using soccer as a cover to organize and rally and 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 you know in in Europe and many countries in Europe commit actual acts of violence. And we have been blessedly free of that in the United States, but that's something that is something that we have to continue to protect against. And, you know, all he had to say was, you know, this is something we don't condone and, and, and give some kind of vocal support for, for clubs who want to, um, because, because this hasn't, this has been happening in stadiums, you know, these, these, these groups and these people who uh, are, you know, are, are neo-fascists have, have used fascist iconography as part of their support for NYCFC. And the club has the grounds to stamp it out, and they need the support from the league to do that. I think. Yeah, so, and and what's weird is like down. it's a it's a big article in the Huffington Post that um, you know, you, I'm always surprised when it's just like you should have a you should have expected that question in the next week. Like, yeah, you should be ready to to answer that and figure out what is our response. How do we do this? And you know, maybe our hands are tied. I mean, but people have been banned for outside behavior. You know, people have been banned for. Uh, for putting off a, a smoke bomb in the parking lot, you yeah. know that that has nothing to do with what, what being inside the game. Um, you know, it, it, it's just like you're you're pr- completely able to do this, and I don't know. It it is very weird story. I we shouldn't go into it too much, but it is certainly a a, a story worth talking about. And also the fact that um, the team the the league is trying to their new MLS code of conduct conduct has new things about you know political uh, slogan stuff that a lot of the the supporters groups are pushing back against and and it's just um, I was thinking about it today and thinking like uh, being less upset about Garber's thing because I just see the potential for them to be like crappy both sides about it uh, and. And, you know, they've already ripped down like refugees welcome banners and things like that. And, and, and just the, the, you know, there's this stupid inability to, uh, to differentiate between hate, uh, and the increased marginalization of people and political statements that are literally the opposite that are pro and welcoming. And, and so I, I just, I don't know, it's a... It's a longer story than I think that we have time for with uh, with just our wraparound. But um, yeah, it's another podcast, yeah, or two. <laughs> um, but let's let's take a break. Let's come back and uh, and then let's do this whole uh, Minnesota in Vancouver thing. Back on the fifty five one podcast, uh, it's Minnesota time. A little bit of news they they um, signed on loan. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's Ali Nganzi. Uh, he's an eighteen year old Tanzanian. The the funny part about it is that they brought him in on loan and immediately loaned him to Madison, um, which is just kind of weird. And he's brought in from this third division Czech team that it, it feels like a little bit of one of these kind of. Uh, shady uh like pipelines for african young players that it's just like i don't know uh, it, it has a little bit of weirdness to it in that way but uh you know for minnesota they get to look at this guy while he's in madison he's a young kid maybe he's available next year to sign if he's good enough and uh this is like it's like exactly what we kind of wanted out of like the pango Right, if they were like five years younger, yeah. Right, six years younger and like immediately sent on loan. Perfect. That's sure. We may never see him play for Minnesota, but this is the club needs to do a lot of deals like this. Yeah, and then uh, Madison also signed. um, uh, I think we're pronouncing it Jiro Bariga Toyama, but um, or Hero. I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be Hero, but okay, we'll say Hero. From what I Um, say, so. Uh, the, the hero makes for the better puns. Um, anyway, so I know that a lot of people he had since he had scored uh, for Minnesota when he was a trialist uh, in preseason. People were kind of uh, 
rooting you know, for him. Rooting right? for yeah. him. So, but I mean, favorite, so. I don't know. I don't know if people are planning to go to Madison games. Uh, are you? I am. I, okay. June fifteenth, I have targeted because it's uh, it, Minnesota aren't playing. Um, my family's in Pennsylvania, so I can travel, and uh, <laughs> and so and uh, Indy Eleven are playing away as well. So I was going to try to get some indie indie people up there. Um, yeah, it seems cool. And I'm also I'm also hoping I'm trying to get something together with the team because with Madison because they're coming to town for a little bit in a few weeks and I'm trying to get something at, at, at the bar with them so people can come meet Madison. Cause I know, I think that like, Ooh. I think that we're not the only ones who are kind of full fever, kind of flamingo, obsessed. Huh? Yeah. Full have gone full mingo, full mingo fever. Yeah. Um, that would be they've got turbo, turbo, yeah, turbo and, and lavity. Yeah. 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 They've got Banksy. So, um, you know, um, so let, let's talk about Vancouver two, Minnesota three. Um, you know, I don't know who wants to start where. Uh, we the 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 formation was what we kind of expected, right? It was what we've seen the whole preseason. Once uh, Angela Merkel went down and uh, Romario <laughs> came in, um, then uh, you know, but Alex, let me throw it to you. What what was the most? What was your first thought in the that first half? My first thought in the first five minutes of the game was, oh, like we look good. This is exciting. This is good. And then, in classic Minnesota United fashion, my optimism was immediately doused yeah. uh, by the Vancouver's opening goal, uh, which was a free kick conceded by Ozzy in the you know in, in a kind of dangerous area, and you had uh, a really good free kick taken, I think, and you had this weird thing where. Jan Gregos, I, I couldn't tell if they were zonal marking or man marking, but Jan Gregos and Francisco Calvo, it, it, um, Godoy, the, the Vancouver player who scored, was closest to Gregos at the start of the sequence and closest to Calvo at the end of it. But neither Gregos or Calvo like continued tracking the run past a couple paces. And my only explanation for that is that they thought that the ball was just so close, so obviously close to Manone that he was going to catch it. He did not come off his line, and I, I think that when you, in the final analysis, probably the goal is is more on him, maybe forty percent mm. on him, like the plurality on him, because he, he he would want to come out and claim that in in, in hindsight. Um, but it, he didn't. The ball fell directly to Godoy. There was like a three other Vancouver players who were right there to tap it in if he missed it. Um, but he didn't, he, he knocked it right in and that was five minutes in Vancouver were up one zero and Minnesota looked rattled for about 15 minutes afterwards. The first 20 minutes were not great. Well, and I think Opara was also in that mix for that goal. And I, I guess the one, the one saving grace of it, or, or maybe way I can feel better about it is that three out of the four players are new to this team, right. And new to each other. And you know, we give up set piece goals. That's always been a, a a problem for the team. We're doing it now. That's a problem. But that's something. The nice thing is that's something you can easily fix, right? You can, in theory, in theory. We haven't been <laughs> we good at we fixing didn't it. Fix that for two years, so but you can. Know. Two years on, and <laughs> right. All of a sudden, through your plan, you think we can fix it? Right. Well, the the third the part of the the third part of the plan is. Oh, now we'll fix it. Yeah, in in year three, you fix the set piece goal. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I I think um, there were still, even in that that rattled point afterwards, there were still chances there where um, Roman Metanier gets forward and, uh, you know, there's one in the 15th minute or so where he he puts in a fantastic cross and then it's like, wait, Schuler is the man running to the near post? (laughs) Like, it's so crazy that, like, He's the one who's so who's the furthest forward who's making that you know the forwards run right where you, you would expect uh, he actually has a pretty decent timing on it. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. I, it's been impressive to see what he can somewhat do now that he has some sort of liberty to not have to be always looking to fill up that hole defensively. But um, I mean, I, set pieces are always a thing. I thought Schuler did did decently. I think there's just a lot of confusion on that wing 
as to were you so used to seeing Miguel take those take those crosses, and so uh, a mix between those two players, who takes him, who does it, who's going into each other's space, was a little bit of the confusion. But also Darwin just kept on going to the right all the time, so it was yeah. like. It That's where like, all the action was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely was running through, running through uh, Miguel, Darwin, and Metanier going through there. And Vancouver and, were playing a very young center back as their left back in that game, so it was an and and obviously we don't have a left winger, so it, our right wing, their left defense was a pretty natural point of attack, yeah. and their left wing didn't track back at all, so that really made things even worse for them. Um. You know, one one point uh, I noticed that the way our team was was moving is that you know Miguel and uh, and and Rasmus were were tucked in in this kind of uh, you know making a just right in front of the two central midfielders, and so you had uh, Metanier and, and Calvo really far up, you know, like you see fullbacks do these days. Um, but it looked, you know, it was very, you know, you had two center backs, two central midfielders, two wingers that were right in front, and then the two forwards. It was this column with just then the uh, with just then the forward or the the fullbacks kind of uh, set up on the outside. It was very narrow in that way. But the but that was I was just like stopping in a few moments to to notice that. But then, you know, you had kind of. Uh, Darwin moving out, Miguel. You had a lot of fluidity between these these yeah. uh, uh, between the the positions. I will say that I think that the fullbacks are going to be the sort of the uh, the the metaphor is sort of um, wrong for it. But like uh, the thing I can think of is like the carry and the coal mine. Like they'll be like the signal for if Minnesota are playing the way that we want to play or not. Like hmm. Adrian Heath, we've known from year one wants to play with really high fullbacks. Right. He's never had the fullbacks and he's never had the central defensive solidity to actually play that way. So the last two years we've started off really ambitiously with our fullbacks running forward. And by like week three, they're pinned back. They're playing very conservatively because it's just too much of a risk. And I think that we may now finally have the personnel in the center of the field to allow those fullbacks, right. we may also have the fullbacks, and, um, the, and well, just personnel throughout. You know, the center backs who can right. cover. You know, uh, let, let me ask, or actually, I want to ask about each of the the new players, but I want to just go through the the events of, of the match. So, you know, the 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 first goal for Minnesota comes in thirty seventh minute. Metanier crosses the ball in. Calvo gets a kick kick in the nuts, and then Darwin converts the PK. Um, again, I, I thought we'll talk about Metanier more, but. He created this moment. Calvo did a great job, and uh, you know you go fullback to fullback, and then Darwin can puts it away, can put it away, um, and then you know we go into the the half. Uh, Minnesota comes out, and I I thought Vancouver looked the better half, better team in the second half for a little bit. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, looked like Minnesota were tucked back. The chances went to Vancouver. I had to rewatch this game because at this point I was like shuttling beer all around and and yeah. I, I every once in a while i would just like pause and just ask someone at the bar like what's the score well yeah what's that what happened you know how that you know get get a little update and then i'd be like all right i gotta go get more beer but um so i watched it the next day and my wife was like you know this is your life now you own a soccer <laughs> bar and the next day you're gonna have to sit down with a beer and actually be able to watch the game like um i'm glad the family is embracing that yeah 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 they're they're okay with it um so then uh, uh, the 66th six minute um, Calvo eventually runs central because he's he runs in, intercepts the ball, um, and then keeps on you know uses his momentum like like defenders are told, like players are told, keeps on making the run and eventually keeps running toward the back post and you know the ball comes in I think from Darwin right Darwin yeah Darwin oh, yeah. beautiful chip. Oh yeah, he does that chip like chip outside of the foot. Oh, beautiful pass! And then Calvo heads it in, and all of a sudden it's two one. Minnesota's up, and holy crap! It was one of the best goals Minnesota's ever scored. Yeah, I was gonna MLS. say that was probably one of the the prettiest goal we've seen besides I don't know maybe the Ibsen goal with a heel goal. Well, we had, I mean we've had pretty goals in terms of uh, yeah Ibsen. Well, MLS, MLS, yeah, yeah, MLS, and but, Christian, Christian that, had a couple and Darwin last year, but um, but in that term, goal was just such a. Yeah such a punch in the face like 
Vancouver were passing it around. Calvo steps into a pass, immediately gets it to Darwin. Immediately, Darwin has this pause when he waits. Romario makes a near post run. Calvo makes a far post run. Darwin, of course, picks the most audacious possible way to deliver the ball. Diving header. Yeah. And Romario would have been there if the ball had been saved. I yeah. mean, it was just that whole movement. And Vancouver were underwater. I mean, they were like, it was like in slow motion for them. They they had no chance to react to that entire play. Yeah, that 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 entire sequence was just very technical. And it was very nice to be able to see that we can actually do that. Um, you know, Calvo did what he's supposed to do. Take the ball up once you get the ball up. Quickly give it to Darwin. And, and the next thing you know, you have... One of the one of the best goals I've seen so far, you know. Well, and, and Calvo did what what he's so great at, right? Like we we talked about last year, how you know the problem with him in center back is that what he does best is reads the game, sees that ball and intercepts it. He he did it. He's done it so many times, but like the the problem is when he does that, then he creates a huge gap, right? You can't have your center back always making that. Because he's not going to always make the interception, right? right? And, that's when and we it's were, just too risky. Yep. As a fullback, you know, it's still risky. But if you know that he's going to be doing that, you you have a lot more for Boxall to be there to cover, for Ozzy to be there to cover. Right. And, and also, again, it goes back to the personnel that we have now that we can actually slow down the transition yeah. in the midfield, at least, it, it, it need be. And so yeah. you'll be able to be more more fluid from, from the fullback, specifically from Cowboy. And that's what I was... Was saying you know a couple of podcasts ago, just wanted to be episodes ago that we wanted. I wanted to see how Ozzy would be able to. He didn't do as much distribution as I, as I liked him to see, but Cavill's opportunity to go up has has immensely given him more opportunities to be more involved in the offense, and that's 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 an interesting thing to see. So, um, then you know later in the game, then uh, let's see. Uh, did I did I write down the the notes for the? Well, it wasn't too much longer. Well, it was Romario like goal? a cup, just a couple. Oh minutes yeah, I longer. didn't write down the notes. You tell me about the Romario goal because I didn't write that down in my notes. So well, it was a similar. I mean, so Vancouver have this guy who is like their Jan Gregus, uh, John Arise, mm-hmm. and I thought he was slow. I thought he was Gregus played much faster than him. It was a favorable comparison for Minnesota. Anyway, this guy was he was dithering on the ball, and Darwin Quintero comes to he's he's being pressured already. He tries to turn away, and Quintero is right there, takes the ball away from him, and immediately gets it forward to Romario, who is one-on-one against Godoy, the, the, oh, right. the Vancouver's earlier goal scorer. And Romario sort of, he waits, he hesitates, and he, like Jordan Morris, tries to cross the ball, and it bounces off of Godoy's foot, and then it bounces off of uh, Cripo, the goalkeeper, and, and into the net. Uh, and Romario as well has been credited with this goal, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but it was another good move that was caused by really good defense by the loons and then very quickly transitioning into attack. Yeah. And it was, was one of those yeah. opportunities. It was lucky, but it was, it was like a perfect example of like how you make your own luck. Well, and you know, we've not seen Minnesota be that good at successfully pressing High up, and I, I think you know we talked about going into this match. Vancouver were ripe to be attacked. Right. Mark Dos Santos will have a much better Vancouver team eventually. Um, I still think they're going to struggle this year, but you, Minnesota, even though they had five new five new players, I think five new players out there, um, they still had a, a, a cohesive base, right? Like bringing in an Ico Para is. And in, in Ozzy Alonso, right? Like, Ozzy Alonso knows what to do in the midfield. You don't need... He doesn't need to adjust to some system, right? He he does what he does. He he shivs a dude and, you know, and just, like, walks Shanks away. another one. Yeah, and, and... But, you know, you've got, like, guys in in Vancouver, you have a lot more foreign players coming in, right? right. You have a lot more... Well, you, they, Mark Dos Santos was not bringing in MLS veterans. And so you had a team that was... That looked, at times... Pretty impressive, you know. Jordi Reyna looked awesome out first, there. Yeah. First half, the young he just, Korean guy they have is really and, good. And the, too. Yeah, in in Boom, I think is the Korean guy. Um, yeah. That 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 uh, um, yeah, in Boom or however you say his name is is going to be pretty good this year. Um, but the team looked 
not cohesive, especially once Minnesota right. really press them and, and Darwin gets the ball and then pass. You know, right? Because Jordy's so used to feeding the ball to Davies, and then, yeah. then, then then there you go, right? And that's you just watch the show. So he has no one else to feed the ball to. So it's going to be a while before they figure out how they're going to play with. And um, I mean, the transition game that we stopped in the middle. I mean, that was that was it. I'm just concernedly mostly concerned with uh, the accumulations of yellows that 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 Ozzy is going to be able to have to. Well, have to bear and how we're going to deal with that once once we have a suspension or what. Yeah. So so I'm still concerned about the aspect of what we're going to do to re, to have a backup for that situation. But well, we'll there's a, a Twitter question about that um, that we'll we'll get to in the the last part. Um, I'll, I'll finish the the last goal given up or the last goal of the game was the 81st minute uh, set piece again corner uh, um, goes out to the corner of the the box and then Boxall you know I I think. Boxall's the the most to blame on this, right? He doesn't move forward and just doesn't step up. He and and so he keeps three guys on side, and they put it away. Um, you know, bad communication. But Boxall, Boxall, he's the vice captain. He should know better, right? Um, but I heard that after the game, he he talking to people, he was like, "Yep, my bad." Okay, he yeah, took responsibility. Yeah, right, for that he goal. made a mistake. Sure. Um, yeah, and and I don't know if at that point. You guys were felt panic. I didn't. I knew that the a goal had gone in, and I you know was still running around, but didn't get the the vibe in the bar. I don't think had gotten to like panic. I think people were still like, "We can do this. We can hold on." There's right. ten we minutes. St- we started playing the possession game, right? The ball mm-hmm. would go back, forward, and we go back, and then we just try to continue it more in the midfield. And so that's something that yeah we're not. You know, <laughs> from the previous seasons, we're not we're not used to yeah. doing right. Trying, trying, trying to do that. But overall, I mean, I thought that set piece. You know, it's a set piece. I believe Boxo had someone uh, behind him. He was trying to cover goal side, so he didn't understand if he was going to go up or not. And I think just the whole miscommunication, which happens when you we don't communicate, and also when you have a bunch of bunch of players who've never played with each other before. It's like someone's going to mess up, and eventually you're going to do that. Hopefully. In training sessions, you you, you address that. Um, hopefully, they get that figured out. If not, I mean, um, if not, Boxer might might need to be need to find some other times. Yeah, I mean, and, it's early. First game, you got the yips. Yeah, and I mean, like I thought that, everybody played. There were good players. I don't think there was anyone that played great. Mm-hmm. I think it was just overall a good showing. Well, well, let me let me let me ask you about the three subs here. You know, you had. Uh, Angela Merkel come in, you ha- and miss kind of two really good chances. Um, Hassani Dotson came in, which I think was I think a lot of people were surprised that you know, he's one of the guys you're putting into to ho- hold off the game. Um, and then Ethan oh, he Finley replaced Quintero, so it's like yeah, to I guess just jamming in the midfield. But you know, Finley That's comes fine. back after long after his long injury. It was great to see him. Yeah. Um, you know, Alex. I guess the, those three subs. How did they? Did they make sense? Did they work? Yeah. Well, I think that I think that I think they all made sense. I'm okay. glad that we used all three. I think that Dodson is the story here um, because you know, uh, Almsberg, Carter Manley, uh, Dane St. Clair, Colin Martin all went to play and are still uh, doing some preseason with Madison for Madison. The fact that Dotson has been kept around actually made the trip to Vancouver and got debut. I mean, the team is high on him. That's the yeah. only thing you can take away. And I don't know to what extent they are aggressively trying to find a backup for Alonzo, but um, I think that Schuler is probably the first choice. You know, if Alonzo, when an, uh, Alonzo inevitably gets suspended, but yeah. I think that the team. Uh, might might be a lot closer to being comfortable with Dotson in that role than anyone anticipated, and good for him. I mean, I, you know, I, I haven't I haven't paid close attention to him in preseason, I, to be honest. But uh, that's that's probably a good sign. That probably means for a defensive midfielder that I think that probably means that he didn't get torched a lot. So yeah. And if you were to take, uh, I'm kind happened. of excited about that. Yeah. And if you were to take what happened last year, when was the first time we had? Uh, you know, a young player actually gets some playing time. Well, Carter Manley, I think, pretty quickly got. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had an injury crisis, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and and 
Yeah, I mean, it's good to see. Uh, I, it's good to see Dotson get that get that time, and I don't remember that much positive or negative from him, right? But he I don't was think there. It was he had a great block. Yeah, it was like he 10 minutes. A potential bowl in that game. Yeah. Did he? All right, well, good. All right. Against, yeah, late against Vancouver. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I, I, I guess my, my, my thought also was just that, like, you know, his he was in there just to, like, help just yeah, run set, around set and, the game away. And yeah. I thought Finley did all right. You know, he had that late on just, like, yeah. run, and then he pulled it back. Pulled you know, it back and then waste some time. Waste some time, and, and that was something uh, that... And he had that chance um, late on where he... Oh, who put the ball to him? Was it Calvo? It was a really good pass to him, and he tried to take it on the volley. And you you can just imagine what what's the you know in the quarter of a second. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sure it was an eternity already. of like, oh my god, this is yeah. it, my return, and I scored this worldy, and then it you know fizzled yeah, off fizzled his foot. But yeah. um, <laughs> but it was it, it was know, good to see him just out there and running and physical and trying to just to get the. Get, get yeah. going on that, but uh, back to Angelo. I he had he was involved in the offense. He had he was and he was. I think other than shooting, decent. I think well, we was have a good, we have a question that goes straight oh. to the heart of it. So I, we yeah, should. Yeah, but I, I think. Twitter. But I think overall, okay. I mean, if he doesn't, he's he's there to he's well, there to score. So if he doesn't do it, and the opportunities that he's getting taken, I mean, that's where you have. You know, a lot of your Toyota would be able to get some yeah. more time on that. So L- let me just ask you this then, direct from Twitter. We'll we'll just move to that question now. From uh, Alex, uh, not Chief Decker, but I was uh, gonna say, says, Alex, I can't make my ma- mind up on uh, Angelo's first game. He botched his chances, but he got into really dangerous spots. What do you think? So, on the whole, where does that rank? That- that's the Angelo Rodriguez experience. Like, <laughs> I, there's no, that's, that's like a very good summary of the guy and his play. He does get into really good chances or, or really good yeah. spaces, and then like doesn't score. <laughs> yeah. So like he had a couple of good plays, but that, I mean, like I had my whole like I I got text messages from my kids <laughs> I was at the bar, and he's like, "Why did he decide to just?" Chip the ball yeah. instead of just go low. And, and he I had another like, chance. And he had time. No, he had time. And when That's he, like, thing. later then, like, trapped it on his chest right. and tried to move through. See, you know, to ask further then about Angelo, I'll just keep doing these questions. Um, Steven Nelson says, is Angelo the new Demidov uh, Venegas? Oh, I think Johan so. Yeah, 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 Johan. Um, by that, I mean a kind of expensive mistake. Assuming he doesn't prove, improve from his current level, we'll be able to loan him out or buy him down. I, well, what is he's his price thing? Like 1.7? No, 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 no. He scored no. four goals. I mean. No, he wasn't that expensive. He was a DP. Romario cost more than him, but okay. he was a DP because we used Tam to okay. get Romario, and then it was like, well... I don't understand we don't, the money aspect yeah. of it, but yeah. He, so just, just so think he's not this. extremely He's expensive. a DP, but he costs less than Romario. I don't know the numbers, but... N- but none more of than them, Christian? Well... More than we paid for Christian, yeah. the, the the one million. I don't know. I think the the answer to the question is that he's not on the level of these guys. No, like he hasn't. He hasn't. He scored four goals. I mean, he's not. He is not egregiously bad. Yeah. I think that the the sort of bigger story is one of how like the team's offense really struggled when he got on the field last year, and maybe that was because the team just sort of gave up. But I think that there's something too his lack of mobility and his lack of ability to create for other players. Regardless, no, he's not the new Demidov. He's not the new Johan Venegas. No, he's not. But uh, he may not be the team's starting striker. Yeah, and I think we, we – I don't know. I think I, I agree with that. I think he, he's, he's, a, he's a bench player as, as of right now, and, I, and if he can contribute and eat up time and, and keep some of our other guys healthy because I swear there were times when Mario looked like – Looked like he was going to pull a muscle. He was walking with his hands on his back, and I'm just concerned that he's going to be able. He's going to he's going to injure himself and and, and giving himself too much well, too much to do. So yeah, and I I, I you know I'll just echo uh, I guess that which which is that um I think having a player who's very good who's in that kind of come in the last 20 minutes and can be a good target hold up the ball. He's very good at holding up the ball, and that's kind of what you need in that right like. Get the ball. He's up also to good him at pressing, and and you know, uh, waste some time. He's making, 
he's making uh, his base salary is five hundred thousand seventy-five. He was making basically what Christian was making, right? So, um, you know, with Christian, we thought, well, if he's going to be your, you, it, that's a lot to be playing for a, a backup uh, striker, right? Um, so maybe, maybe that. But I, I, I just think, I think we're all agreed that maybe that question from Stephen Nelson is maybe like jumping too far, right? Like. Also, also, I mean, wait till game six. We can we we, we also want to get to the point where lots of good teams are Toronto. Well, Toronto are terrible, but Toronto when they were good, Atlanta, they have really good players who are or you know who aren't necessarily starting and they're making good money. But you you need to build up a team where you use all of your mechanisms so that you can get more than just your three DPS. You've got you buy down Angelo, you get another DP. And Angelo is just a high play, you know, a good, well played player. Just look at LAFC right now. I mean, they yeah. started with Christian, started the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought he played well, but he didn't get a lot of service. He came out of the game around the 60th minute, and they put in Adama Diomande, who scored the winner in stoppage time. I mean, those are between Dio and Christian, I think two of the top 10 strikers in the league. Um, you know, and, and maybe you could argue two of the top five i mean they're really good strikers i I think that minnesota don't have you know i don't think between romario mason angelo and abu i don't think we have players quite of that caliber um we have some people who may develop into that caliber but we do have a lot of competition and we do have a lot of options and looks in that position and that's a I think that's a good situation. I, 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 you know, I don't know if Angelo, I don't think his contract will ultimately be renewed whenever it's up, but right for right now, it's not a bad, it's not a bad, he's not a bad player to have. Let, and let's, let me then, I, I want to just move on to this, which is we had uh, five new players there. Vito Minone, Aiko Parra, Roman Metanier, um, uh, Ozzy Alonso, Jan Gregush, uh, right? Those are the five. Those are the players. players. Um, yeah. Uh, who of that group impressed you? Maybe let's just talk about them in, in who was the best there, who was the the worst, and I'm just saying that in terms of I don't think anyone was bad, but like who who impressed the most out of that group? Alex? Oh, I think that I think that uh well, we knew I think that Opara was very good. We knew what we were getting from him. I think that Metanir we hadn't seen him play. So this was a first impression. And he made a hell of a first impression. Yeah. I mean, he he was big, he was strong, he was fast. He combined really well with Miguel. He was aggressive. He defended pretty well, and his crossing was really accurate. And and um, we didn't really get anything out of it because you know I don't think we have very good cro- uh, targets to cross to. And and that's probably something to yeah, work on. It's probably but, not. That should probably not be as much of our game. No, we, don't have, we learned but, from but last season. You know, right? when you when when you're putting, he's putting the ball in a dangerous area, right? Which is yeah. kind of the thing you ask of a fullback. And there's always a potential for something to happen. Well, and, and of, of one cross did good. lead to a PK, right? So, right. Um, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. Metnir was probably the most surprising um, because I, you know, as I have said on this podcast, I kind of was like. He didn't really do that much. Is, is he really a you know a, worth that that much? But hey, he was awesome. As I said last week, like you know, Miguel had said this guy's the real deal. I believe that that seemed to believe be the real Miguel, deal, right? You know, and then the the person who maybe I took took for granted, but then uh, you know, Joga Bonito USA at Jason Nino uh, ten on on Twitter, he posts a lot of. Uh, Gifts and uh, and stats and stuff. He he put Ozzy's stats up with. Um, oh, you took mine. Thanks. With uh, sorry, um, ninety eight. <laughs> t- I've got it in front of me, so I'll read it. Um, ninety eight touches, ninety six point four percent pass completion, seven out of eight long balls, two key passes, um, nine out of fifteen uh, duels won, nine recoveries, seven tackles, one interception, one clearance. He was lights out. He was as good. As the Ozzy Alonso we've seen, probably right. best, best in the best three uh, uh, central midfielders who've ever played in the league. You know, defensive midfielders. The, he's the league. best defensive midfielder who's ever played in the league. Beckerman? I don't think there's any doubt. 
I think he's better. Than, he's better than that. Okay. Right. And, and, and that was that you're, was. My you're probably pick. right. I just out, out of those five players, that was probably the one that I was extremely more impressed with because that's something that we've needed, right? We, we've never oh, seen yeah. the the a center a defensive midfielder be able to actually own and hold up the, their part of that field and actually slow down that transition and and be physical and 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 Ozzy did that and he did more than that. He was distributing the ball. He was staying central. I mean, which is something that you know um, I'm still trying to get used to <laughs> for yeah. the past two two seasons. So mm-hmm. it's it's nice to be able to have that, and I think for me that was probably the most welcome thing to see during this game. Just just out of uh, uh, out of the whole game, just to be yeah. able to have someone there centrally, and Gregor too as well, the, staying as well too there. Oh, I, th- I think the the keys. You know, it's interesting about Alonso because he's a demon. He did not have like in those stats that you just read, doesn't have a ton of interceptions, like doesn't, doesn't have a huge amount of tackles. But one of the reasons why he has been so good as a defensive midfielder is because he doesn't lose the ball. I mean, he has been the most, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I'm almost positive that he's been the most accurate passer in MLS in something like the last five years, mm-hmm. maybe more. And we have, you know, Minnesota, one of our biggest issues is that we have had People who give the ball away in midfield. I know I love Ibsen, but he gives the ball away in midfield. Right. Kevin Molino, yeah, he's do. a turnover machine in midfield. Yeah. And we would give the ball away and got get hit in transition game after game after game. And with Ozzy Alonso, not only is he the kind of player who will smother those transition opportunities, but he's the kind of midfielder who doesn't give away those opportunities in the first place. And that's so critical. Speaking of Ibsen, my St. Ibsen candle, I didn't light at the beginning of the game. Don't light it this this week either. Well, hold on. I didn't light it. We gave up a goal. And then I would like looked at someone like, to, and I was like, oh my God, guys, someone who was at the bar. And I was like, guys, we didn't, I didn't light the candle. I lit it. Oh, okay. And then we, then we scored the PK. So boom. Uh, yeah, so uh, let me just t- take us through these quickly then. Uh, Vito Minone, uh, um, Ikopara, neither of them did positive or negative. They were both fine. I don't think Vito was really that tested. You know, he had the two goals that I don't, you know, Alex, you kind of maybe said he could have done more on that first. I, sure, I guess I can accept that. But um, Ikopara was fine, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, and, there was a lot of jitters. I mean, when he passed that ball back and yeah, went out the corner, right, well, and yeah. then. But what was what was wonderful to see was just you know how like right after that you had, uh, uh, um uh, you know, just say hey, forget about it, let's go. Away. We got a corner to to do that, and and that's he he had some good challenges. He's he's solid in the back. It's just nice to have someone back there that you know knows how to play and he can take care of the ball. Yeah, and you know. <laughs> And and I and then to, to I, I think probably the bottom of that list for me was was Gregush. I don't think he was particularly bad, but he to me looked like the one who was because he was probably more on the ball. He had a lot more to do, so I, you you were able to watch him more. I think he will probably turn out to be fine or good, but like did not seem quite. On the on, up up to speed, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think there were some bad bad passing in there. Just kind of, you know, you know, first day at school, kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go to the wrong locker type stuff. <laughs> Flies down, like, oh my god, I gotta zip up my fly or something like that. Tried to talk to a girl in social studies, and she like totally, <laughs> totally walked away. Stuff like that. I was really surprised by how conservative we conservatively we played in midfield, mm-hmm. and. I was reminded, and this is this will be an obscure military history reference, but um, the obscure. one of the sort of the the um, the Zulu had a very famous military strategy, which they used in almost every battle. It's called the Horns of the Buffalo strategy, where the the center of their army would sort of attack and, and fix the opponent in place, and then they would swarm in with like really younger aggressive warriors down on on the flanks and catch the other opponent by surprise and that's what minnesota were doing basically we had this sort what of is, experience central core just bear with me alonzo and, and gregush in the center <laughs> boxall and apara behind and then we were just i mean it was just a, an avalanche from metanier and abara and calvo on the other side hitting Vancouver on the flanks and they couldn't deal with it. 
So that is that is All right. someone I, out there got I, that. I think we I think we got the the name of this episode. It's called "Here Comes the Horn." <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's uh, let's try to wrap the up horn, the, yeah. this part, which is um, you know uh, these first few episodes of the early season are going to be like so long talking about the games. Like by June, we're going to be like. Yeah, they they uh, yeah, gave us three goals. Uh, yeah. Let's go to Twitter questions. Oh, what kind? Of, what's your favorite ice cream? Um, but uh, Izzy's. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but what what from Izzy's flavor? Uh, their peace coffee. Salted caramel is the answer. Oh no, um, peace coffee is the answer. So uh, we'll save it for June. <laughs> so um, this week up against San Jose, uh, um, you know, seven p.m. Uh, to nine, we're gonna have past Potter's pasties at the bar again from five thirty p.m. on. Uh, we will have another beer setup uh, thing where you just like pay cash and just get the beer to get cans, uh, you know things like that. So we cans will, in the back room then. Uh, we might just actually put one keg in the back room because there's no taps running to that back room, the lounge. But I mean, like we'll set up a, a a can area like right in front of the men's bathroom. We're gonna try to be better. We're working on it, uh, but um, can you get more chairs in there then. Yes, I'm ordering those. I hope they'll come. Uh, just toss toss the tables away and just make everybody sit. Yeah, yeah the stadium seating. <laughs> stadium seating. But um, uh, San Jose. Uh, maybe Alex, do you want to say? Did you watch any of their game uh, against Montreal? They lost two to one. No, I didn't because San Jose are they just have such an anemic home atmosphere that it's really boring to watch them. They, but here's what you need to know about San Jose. Yeah, yeah. Wooden Spoon winners last year returned, I think, 90% of their minutes. So it's basically the same team. But they did switch out the coach, Matias Almeida. He's like uh, uh, like El Piojo uh, Herrera with like more hair. Yeah. Uh, and they play this man-marking style. So um, uh, once you get past sort of midfield, they just have the same players chasing the same players around. It's really unique. Yeah. Um, they're also probably bad, but we've never won in California. So make that what make of that what you will. Um, they also had who was their goalkeeper? Uh, the Daniel Vega yeah. from uh, Miami FC, I, like the fifth or sixth best goalkeeper in like NASL 2016. <laughs> I don't know what he's done to make it to be starting for an MLS team. There were like many better options, but. Yeah. Um, okay. I, sure. I mean, yeah. San Jose, the, the thing is, San Jose are not good. Um, Minnesota are better than they were, but it's still MLS away, right? Like it is still not a foregone conclusion. Minnesota, I think should be the favorites here. They should be able to smell blood. If they were a really good team, they would go in there and, and take advantage of a team that is not ready right same thing with vancouver right go in there just just fucking take take the the bull by the horns do the zulu but um yeah. but uh <laughs> but so we, we know that we know that that's not how be. it works right i mean there, there's a lot of things going on minnesota's getting some of its crap together um and and who knows it, it should be exciting i don't know I, I think it's it's if you're a good team if you're a better team you're supposed to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, and we're supposed right. to beat the san jose's and and specifically uh you know the white caps without uh alfonso davies we're supposed to beat those teams right you're, and so far we're, we're one for one so we'll, we'll see or I, sh- I should say at least you would you would look at this and no matter what you would say you should get you this is something where we should get a point on the road yeah i mean right you, on the road, you're just trying to pick up points. Yeah, and, if, so and no so, matter if it's one or three or right. whatever, you know that's and that's so, what you want to do. Yeah, yep. So let's let's take a break. We've got some Twitter questions, uh, and let's do those. Back on the fifty five one podcast. Here's some Twitter questions coming at you. Uh, Graham Gilson says. Uh, simple question: Is Schuler good or is Schuler not good? Alex, he's average. Okay, serviceable. Yeah, okay. Hey, yeah, but 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 I mean, at least he got switched out at the seventieth something minute, right? I mean, it wasn't like he played till the eighty. He had a so. good game. Yeah. So he did, I mean, uh, he did what was asked of him, right? So that's all we can ask for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that he's not a winger. So he's yeah. not playing as a winger. Uh, okay, Toby Seisler says, "How do we fix our six set piece ineptitude?" And well, I'll start with that. 
Uh, anyone? Uh, communication. <laughs> lots of if, if, we, if lots of communication, like I don't, team, I don't, I don't care if they're texting. Team building. Each other. They all need to yeah. go do the uh, trust do the, falls. The, uh, trust do the falls trust or do the falls what's thing. the the axe throwing thing is now the big uh, oh is that what it is corporate thing? Yeah. They, they uh, need to go to some Y Y M C A camp out like yeah. in the, out 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 yeah. in Minnesota and just have some, some improv. Sort of trust. Yeah. Um, they need to do karaoke at, at, at the bar. That's a, with Matt Pravatsky. Um, so, who's this year's Miguel Ibarra, meaning uh, a player outside of Heath's circle who asserts himself as undroppable? Uh, well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe Romario because he like didn't start bizarrely in the beginning of preseason, and now is our starting striker. <laughs> I, I I think you know we. I, I think that that. There will be a time for Coleman to get a chance, right? Um, whether it's box, probably more Boxall, right? But I, I like, I think, you know, we've all talked about Boxall did pretty well last year, but um, there will be a chance for, us, for yes. Coleman to, to step in there. And I, I think that Coleman is like Miguel, where I think for Heath, he's he looks and thinks, well, I can always do better. And then this person kind of steps up and does better. Um, uh, Miguel has obviously really taken that step up. And Coleman, you know, Coleman had an okay year last year and he needs to take a step up. So, yeah, that could, that's my nomination. Um, John Berg says, how will the lineup differ on April 13th from week one's, week's one, week one's game? And we have a couple questions basically about lineups. What do we think of, about what happened there? Obviously, we won. What what changes do we do we imagine later on in the season? Well, Alonzo might be suspended by then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think that he. I don't think that Romario has solidified that that starting striker role anywhere near. Done that. Yeah, he, and he so until stay. he, I mean, I think that he still wants to put Angelo in there, mm-hmm. and. We'll be looking for an excuse to do it, um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but the, the, there's also, you know, as Josh Aha says, um, I miss Abu, and I'm going to keep bringing him up until I hear something. Yeah, yeah. I think would I think the ideal is to to keep as much as is the starting lineup that we had of week one. You know, with a couple of tweaks here and there. I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe Finley. By by that time is, is a little bit gets him a little bit more playing time. Maybe he'll start, depending on how he feels, and then you can you can put them in that role that he was playing because, and, and see how that works. But I mean up top, I mean I don't know if Romario is just has the liberty to do go wherever he wants to, because uh, he was everywhere on that field. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't really staying to that the designated position. Um, so that might need some figuring it out at, uh, up top, but. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, who knows? You know, I think that's more likely what I see is Finley getting more playing time, if anybody, because we still don't know. I mean, Molino is is practicing, so, but uh, we'll see how how well his recovery goes, and no more hiccups or anything yeah. like that. And we saw mainly when Finley came in, uh, mainly Ibarra got shunted out to the left, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we have so many right wingers, yeah. and only bar only. Both Abaras basically are left wingers. So yeah. if Finley or or if Heath wants to put Molino or Abu on the right wing, then Abara is going to go to the left. Yeah. Well, Molino, when he has 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 played in a winger role, has played as that inverted winger role, like as as a uh, he's right footed player. He's played on both sides. But yeah, and so yeah, I guess we could see them. Uh, we have lots of chances for rotation eventually, yeah. and that. Is a good, you know. Hopefully, all of them get moving, so that you know, not every game are they going to be uh, running at, at full speed, and so kind of being having those options. But the striker thing is is going to be a weird, weird thing to watch this season. I think that Romario, Angelo, and Abu, if they're all at the top of their game, are pretty great options to have. But we've seen, you know, Romario. All of them have injury problems. Uh, and we've seen except Mason, and he's just really young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're all going to get their chance. Yeah, that's yeah, they're, they're going to change. And and hopefully, yeah, and all hopefully, four of them hopefully, having that 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 getting them all fit and then having the options there 
gets them all to be having that healthy competition. And that that's what we should be looking for. And, and rooting for, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. Uh, there's other questions, but they're all they kind of hit the basically points points that we already uh, ran over. Wait, um, there is a question about you getting a tattoo. I forget what that one was. Really? Yeah, like. Uh, um, okay, I missed that. Um, well, regardless, uh, I've got my one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Wes getting an Adrian Heath tattoo with his optimism kick after we gave after we <laughs> yeah. one game? So I am, are you? I am. I was talking to uh, not Doctor Bill, but uh, Bill McGuire, our friend. Uh, I guess Doctor Bill's our friend too. But Bill McGuire, our friend, um, and he. I always get. You know, he's a he's a pessimist, and uh, I was getting him into my positivity thing. And uh, I think it's working. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm working on it for myself in general. I mean, if anything, um, you get a black heart tattoo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Maybe. Um. But yeah, I. I will get uh, Adrian Heath on my uh, buttocks when we win MLS Cup. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Wow. <laughs> I'm not gonna wow. do that, by the way. And uh, well, um, I'm excited. That the NWSL start schedules out, and the NWSL's got their. Um, they, did- they severed their. Where their, did that come connection from? With, Hold with on, how did that relate to my my buttocks? Uh, I don't yeah, care about your buttocks. Oh, That's okay. why how it relates to it. What is, what is NWSL playing on then? Um, so, they haven't decided yet, but derail us at the end of the show. <laughs> but they uh, because NWSL they matters, right? Like no, mo- no, like like Lifetime and them, like they don't they don't have a contract anymore. So like right now, Yahoo Sports of all things oh. is where they're going to be streaming until they they figure out what they where they find a home. But at least a lot of the ownership is happy because they are. They don't have to, um, you know, have to deal with the lifetime media aspect where they were getting most. The lifetime media was getting most of the money, and now they can actually get some revenue and some more stuff. So, yeah. So that's so that, that's that's uh, yeah. that's okay. going to be interesting. So I, I mean, hopefully I, we'll see some NWL games over at the Blackheart. Yeah. So. Well, we had uh, there was the other day. I did find uh, it's hard to get on like on FotMob and those apps um, the. Liga, the MX Feminile. Yeah, but I randomly like changed Facebook it to a channel the other day, and it was on. So we had it on the other day. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I, I would anything that we can just randomly put on because you know this week um, there's a guy who's a Sheffield United fan. He's he's from England, and he wanted to watch the the Sheffield Derby, and it's just like it's on, but you have to go to an app and if I'm not there, that I have to make sure the bartenders know, and you just want it to be like I can turn the channel on anyone can watch rather than like oh on demand on demand is for people at home it's not for the bar and i realize that like i'm selfish now and only think about how can i get soccer on at my bar but okay we're done <laughs> derail thank you for derailing us all right thank you guys thanks rodrigo <laughs> thanks alex uh, good night good everybody you. and uh well um, i hope to see you all uh at, at, at blackheart not all of you because there's literally like actually too many of you to fit there but um you know all of you who can fit in there and uh and yeah thank you chicanos